know what's going on this morning, but absolutely anything and everything that can go wrong is going wrong. It's a nightmare. I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't know if it's our connection. I don't know if it's Satan trying to keep us from putting out the message. I don't know. But we're going to persevere anyway. Because what happens is when I do a live video, if there's problems with it, what I'll do is I'll go back and record the message again and put it out on the podcast. So no matter how it goes, the message still gets out, just not in the fullest form that we want it to get out in. So uh, this morning, we're going to get started. We're going to talk about what's in our account. We're going to talk about a couple things. So let's pray. Uh, as I'm praying, y'all pray too. Let's keep Satan off the, off the control panel here, all right? Father, as we get into the word this morning, I pray you would help this to settle down. You would help it to straighten out. Father, stop the distractions, the outlying sounds, the outlying problems. Lord, there's nothing bigger than your word. There's nothing more important than the two questions we're going to ask today. I pray, Lord, you put your hand upon us. Open the word. Open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I've done this once before. I'm going to try to do it uh, every couple of years. Let me, let me start off by saying this. Every time I stand up here, this is aimed more at me than it is to anybody out there, okay? So whenever I do this, uh, like what, what I just said, I'm going to try to do this every year, every two years, something like that. There's a reason for it, and the reason is to make sure that I am keeping my eyes on what's important, that I am watching what I need to watch, doing what I need to do. So this morning, we're going to talk about what's in your bank account, call it a spiritual checkup, call it... Why are you here? What are you hoping to get out of it? Any number of things you want to call it. But I do hope you listen and, and pay attention because some of this, it's, it, it, it strikes me as very, very important. So when you go to a new school or college, there's an entrance, entrance exam. Anytime you apply for a college or, 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 or something like that, you have to take an entrance exam, a test of some sort, so that they know what you know. They know where to place you. They know what you need to learn to tailor it specifically to you. Unfortunately, we don't do that in the church anymore. We don't say, well, where are you at in your spiritual growth? And now don't get me wrong, when you run the bigger churches, Sunday school is targeted towards personal growth, and I get that. But we don't stop and ask somebody when they come in anymore, where's your spiritual growth? We, we, we just, because that might offend them, but I think we need to. Spiritual growth is something that doesn't happen very often anymore. So to that effect, I'm going to start with a few basics in the Christian life just to get us started. There are questions you need to ask yourself every so often concerning your Christian walk. And the best way to, to describe this, in my opinion, is to compare it to your financial life. Now, what do I mean? Okay. Every day, at least once a day, I check our bank accounts every day, at least once a day, I check our bank accounts. I know how much money we have going out. I know how much money we have coming in. I know which bills are paid, which bills are not paid. I know what we have to do in order to survive financially. Hello, Betty. Now, how many times a day, how many times a week do you check your spiritual account? I mean, when, when you have a bank account, you just can't go out and spend, 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 spend. You get into the negative balance. Well, it's the same thing in your spiritual account. If you don't get in the word, if you don't get into prayer, you end up, you're going to end up in a negative account. You must study. You must read. You must pray. You must check your account daily. 
Most of us keep a watch on the viability of our money situation, situation, knowing when we are almost broke or when we have riches aplenty, yet how often do we check our spirit level, our fruit bearing, our own joy in the Christian life, in the Christian walk? Our spiritual bank account, how often do we check it to see what we have stored up in heaven? Lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven. We are to be laying up treasures in heaven, watching the eternal, not the temporal. The eternal, not the temporal. Matthew 6.20, lay, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. That's very important. Here we go. I promised you two questions. So here we're going to start with these two very basic questions. And there, there's a difference in the two. So what is the purpose of being here? Why are you watching this? Why are you listening to this on the podcast? Why are you doing everything that you do? I forgot to silence my phone. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you listening to the preaching? Why are you watching the preaching? Why are you uh, uh, sharing the services? And the second one, what is the purpose of being here? The second one is, why are you here? Again, they sound alike, but they're not. There's a, and we're going to get into that. They may sound similar, but these two are totally different questions. What is the purpose of you being here? Why did you come to church? Why did you listen to the podcast? Why did you uh, sign into the live stream? The purpose of your visit today, what is it? Secondly, why are you here? What do you expect to get out of it or put into it? Two very important questions. But the biggest thing is, is that only you can answer these questions. So keep those two questions in mind as we go on with the rest of everything this morning. All right, one, we're going to look at uh, everything has a reason, a purpose, a definition. So let's look at a couple of words that we commonly use in the Christian life, and we're going to look at their definition. Sunday school. It's a vehicle for teaching the principles of the Christian religion and the Bible, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Sunday school is a vehicle for teaching the principles of the Christian religion and the Bible. Okay. Church, a building for public and especially Christian worship. That's Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Church, a building for public and especially Christian worship. Christian, a person who believes in Jesus Christ, an adherent of Christianity. Uh, Christianity. That's uh, dictionary.com. Christianity. The religion derived from Jesus Christ based on the Bible as sacred scripture. These are the definitions for a few of the terms, names, and titles we use. Yet how often do we use them in a much broader term than they were intended? For instance, we call anyone a Christian who says they are. We do. Somebody comes up, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay. Uh, you cannot be a Christian if you don't agree with certain tenets of the Christian faith. You cannot be a Christian if you deny the deity of Christ. Christ is God incarnate. You must believe that to be a Christian. You cannot be a Christian if you deny the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You cannot be a Christian if you do not believe the whole Bible is the word of God. If you de deny or disbelieve one word, then you must throw the whole thing out. 
if you don't believe in the virgin birth, you got to throw the whole thing out. If, if you don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, the only way to God the Father, the only way to heaven, then you have to throw the whole thing out and you cannot call yourself a Christian. Yet it's not only the terms we use, but the reasoning and motives behind what we do. If the terms we use have been misused, then how far off base could our motives be? Which brings us right back to, why are you here? And I don't mean in this existential, why do I exist Nietzsche sort of way. I mean, why are you here today listening to the podcast, listening to the radio, listening to the service, watching the service? Why are you here today in this place? What is your purpose here? My wife and I are here for a very, very specific purpose. God brought us out here to start a ministry. That's what we're doing. He specifically told me what area he wanted me in. We're moving to that area next week. We finally got everything sorted out, and we're going to be in that area next week. And I know, I know that I was shocked, too, when he first called us out here. But after a year of fighting him and arguing with him, we moved here. And now, after a year and a half of being here, we are getting down to the basics that he actually that he finally uh, called us to, and we're starting to answer the call of God and build a work for God and Jesus in this area. That is why we are here. My question is those who are watching this, those who are listening to this, why are you here? Why are you watching? Why are you listening? Why are you paying attention? Why are you here? What do you hope to get out of it? What is your purpose in all of this? What are you, now this is, this is a good question, what are you bringing to the church? to the service, to the Lord. What are you bringing to him? As professed Christians, there are several reasons we should be doing what we do. For uh, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking. To forsake means to abandon or give up. Therefore, this means we are not to waver in our church going. Paul, even in prison, Paul had church services. He was praising with Silas at midnight. He had converts. He also had open wounds on his back in prison, and he's holding the church service. He tells us that as the day of the Lord gets closer, we should be even more intent in our gatherings. How much more so should we then, 2,000 years later, be earnest in our church attendance, earnest in our gatherings, earnest in our service, and I mean more than an hour a week, more than a day a week. The Christian life is 24-7. It is for him that we do what we do, not our convenience. How many of us seem to forget that uh, every few months or so? I do. All right, so how about the second reason we should be here? And this is also a very, very important one. And I brought this up uh, a few nights ago in one of our services. Uh, Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily. That's important. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another daily. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, and exhort one another daily. We are to exhort each other daily. Now, how do we do that? In today's technological world, it's easy. Yet, do we avail ourselves of the ease of it and actually reach out daily to lift somebody up? You don't have to lift thousands every day. Reach one life every day. One smile. 
every day. Speak to somebody, perk them up, lift them up. Give them a reason to get through their day. Most of us don't do that, though. Therefore, we have to do it here among like-minded people. There is a battle going on in the outside world. And among like-minded like people is the only place we can get among folks who love us, love the Lord, and want to win the world for Christ. We are to exhort each other to keep that battle out there from overwhelming us by lifting each other up, by gathering together, by, by exhorting, by reaching out with a text, by sending a, uh, an email that lifts people up to keep each other from letting sin keep us out of church. That's important too. What happens when you sin and don't confess it, but you harbor it, harbor it in your heart? You are less inclined to be around God's people. Satan will, at that point, give you every excuse you need to not to be in church, not to be around God's people, and not to be in God's Word. You do know that once you start missing church, soon you won't be missing church at all. Once you start laying out, it gets easier to lay out, and pretty soon you're not going to miss it at all. It's easier to lay out of church than it is to get up and go to church. And there's a reason for that, because Satan will fight you every step of the way. Going to church takes effort and resolve. Satan will attack you every single day. He really, really will. Ephesians 4.11 And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God gave ministers, he gave teachers that we might learn, that we might grow, be educated, and as saints in Christ, we might be perfected. We will never be perfect on this earth, but every day we should strive to be more perfect than we were yesterday. How are we to be perfected in Christ if we forsake the assembly? How are we to maintain our will, our spirit, if we are not gathered together regularly? How are we to perfect our walk and our talk if we never exercise the spirit? Yet it is also just as bad to be, uh, be in these gatherings for the wrong reason as it is not to be here when we are supposed to be. When we miss services, it means our heart are far, our hearts are far from God. How can we say we love him when we do not want to go where he is, where his people are, where his very word is proclaimed? You don't want to hear of God and Jesus? How can you call yourself his? You don't want to be around his people? How can you call him yourself his? So what I've done is I've, I've, I've put a small questionnaire together. It's not all-encompassing, but I hope you will get it and it will get you to thinking as to the purpose of being here. The why are you here type thing. One, why are you here? Wrong reasons. These are the wrong reasons to be gathering together. Mom and Dad made me. I used that one a lot as a kid. Uh, people expect me to be here. Okay, that's not a good reason. I have to. Services won't run without me. I'm sure they will. Uh, this is the only time I have to see my friends, and I have to come here to see my friends. 
I mean, that works for the lost. Get the folks, the lost folks in to see the friends. But for the saved folks, they need to be coming to meet with Christ. There's so much to do, and I'm the only one who will do it. Well, no, you're probably the only one who is doing it. And everybody else who tries to help gets shooed away by you. I've seen that a lot, too. Surely they will think I am super holy if I am here regularly. If you're worried about what people are thinking of you, stop. Start worrying about what God thinks of you. All right, the right reasons to be gathered together, the right reasons to be in the Word, the right reasons to be serving, because Christ saved me, and here is where we worship and glorify Him. I'm here to sing and praise. We are here for a worship service. That means singing. That means praising. That means lifting our voices. That means being a testimony to those looking, those watching, those seeing me. But not because they're seeing me, but because they are praising and worshiping with us. I'm here to get ready for the coming week. For the battle is long and I grow weary. How many times does that happen? We go to church because we got to have a recharge. We go to services because we got to have a recharge, refocus, and renew time. I'm here to get the bread of life and drink from the well of living water. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well? If you know who you talk to, you would ask of him living water. I am here to get a word from the, the, from the Bible, and then I intend to take that word to a lost and dying world. That's a great reason to be in church. That's a great reason to listen to the word, to hear, to take out to a world lost and dying, to recharge, refocus, get a new variation of, of witnessing and testifying. Or, and this is the final reason to be here, I am here to connect with God and carry that out to the community. How many times do you get up in the morning, oh, I got to go to church? It's not a good thing. No. We got to get up in the morning and go, oh, I am going to meet with God. I'm going to see God. I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to be with God's people, and we are going to recharge, renew, and we are going to refocus our efforts on that battlefield. That's what we should be saying every morning. Every time. Every time you go to church, every time you listen to the services, every time you listen to the podcast, you should be asking yourself, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because it's expected? Am I doing it because I like the way this guy talks? Am I doing it just to, to let people hear that I'm doing it? Or am I doing it for a specific purpose to, to build my faith, to build my heart, to recharge my spirit, to renew my focus? Motives are more important than anything else when we do things. God sees the heart, and that's what God is most worried about. He's worried about your heart. He's worried about the intent. God says, uh, it's, uh, Jesus said in, uh, in the New Testament, it's not what you eat that defiles you. If you eat with unwashing hands like the disciples did, he told the Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees, it's not eating with unwashing hands. Nothing you put in defiles you. It's what comes out of the heart that defiles you. It's what comes out of the heart that makes you uh, who you are. And that's how we know you. You should be here to further God's will, to further God's word, to further God's ministry. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We don't make any money off of anything we do. In fact, it usually costs me a whole lot more than we make. But we're going to put forth the gospel in the area of Cedar Hill, Missouri. We're going to reach out and build a, a work for Jesus, with Jesus. We're going to build a ministry, and we are going to hopefully touch a world a lost and dying world that needs to hear of the love of the Savior. That's why we are here. 
the question, why are you listening? Why are you watching? What are you going to do with it? Check your spiritual bank account every day. And if it's getting dry, if it's getting empty, get back in the Word. If you're losing focus on why you do what you do, get back in the Word. When it's time to support each other, exhort each other, get back in the Word. That's how you do it. So every day when you check your bank account, every day when you check your emails, every day when you check whatever it is you check every day, check your spiritual level as well. Get out that oil dipstick, check it in there and see, see where you're at on that uh, dipstick to see how much more you got to put in. Do I need to spend an hour more to get back into it, to get my engine running right? I mean, I know I'm throwing a lot of metaphors at you, but I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Why are you sitting through all these services? We have seven, eight hundred, well, five, six, seven hundred, not eight hundred. We, we, the highest we've ever reached was seven fifty in a week's time. But we had five, six, seven hundred a week come alongside, watch, listen, uh, and pray with us. We have seven hundred a week. Where, what are those seven hundred doing with what we put out? Jesus did a whole lot more with seventy. Imagine what we can do with seven hundred. How we can build. Are you sharing everything we do? The podcast, the radio station, the, the preaching, the writings. Are you sharing all of that? Are you listening to them? Are you growing from them? Or are you doing it just because it's expected of you to do? Don't, mind, don't get me wrong. We love having you come alongside. We love having you watch with us. But I want you to grow. I want you to, to, to expand your spiritual life every time. Not just once in a while, but every time I get up here, I want you to expand. I want you to grow. I want you to get something out of it. And then I want you to take it and share it with somebody else who can get something out of it, who can grow. This is a process, and that's what we're going to do. So every morning, if you can every morning, then every other day, check your spiritual bank account. See how you stand. And if you need to put some more money in, if you need to, de to deposit a little more, <laughs> then get into the Bible, get a little bigger deposit going, get a little bigger charge going. And next time we get together, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, how we're doing and what we're doing. Because every time we go, I'm going to give you uh, updates. But I, I would love to hear updates from you all, how we're reaching, how we're touching, how we're making things better, how you want to come alongside, what you're doing in your community. Every now and then, we need feedback from y'all. So today, check your bank account. Tomorrow, check your bank account. And as we go through this, every now and then, give us a little feedback. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we're doing. That's how this thing is, suppo is supposed to work. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Exhort each other daily. Why do we do all this? For the perfecting of the saints.